Hey, good morning, everybody. Didn't see you there. I'm Hot Rod Bob, and you've got gas, the morning edition. You know, every once in a while, and, well, almost every day, I'm reading something and looking at things about the hot rodding and the car industry. And James Brzezinski, one of our gasaholics, brought something to my attention that I missed. It's a website called BreakForIt.com. Now, BreakForIt.com professes to be an automotive website that gives you information and knowledge. Well, they need to get some knowledge for their information. This topic is some of the worst muscle cars that have ever been released. They have no clue what a muscle car is. Good morning, Jay Black. How's it going up in the desert? All right, so the first car they put on their hit list of worst muscle cars is a 1982 Ford Thunderbird. A Thunderbird? An 82 Thunderbird. It sits in the Fox chassis, same as the Mustang. But in 1982, the 302 V8 engine that came in these cars was kind of wimpy. That said, the Thunderbird was never ever considered a muscle car, especially the 1982, which was at best a personal luxury car of the low-price Ford brand. Never was a muscle car, never was considered a muscle car, never in anyone's estimation of what muscle cars were was the Thunderbird included. Next up on their hit list, was the 1974 Pontiac GTO. Now, 74 Pontiac GTO lost some horsepower because of the change from SAE net from the brake horsepower. It's about a 30% difference. So horsepower dropped tremendously. And everyone thought, oh, we're, we're losing horsepower. You didn't lose horsepower. You had a different way of rating it. SAE net was a lower rating then brake horsepower. It was a more realistic rating. It included what the horsepower was with the accessories connected. The brake horsepower was strictly the engine itself. But the 74 Pontiac GTO was, according to them, a failure as a muscle car. The photograph they show is a 1966 GTO. They have no clue what they're even looking at. Up next, the 1982 Pontiac Trans Am. That was never a muscle car. Pontiac Firebirds, Camaros, Mustangs, Cougars were pony cars. That was established in 1964 when the Mustang came out and the term pony car was coined. And it was coined because of that style of car. And believe it or not, the Firebird is a pony car, because that is the type of car it is. It is not a muscle car. But in 1982, they redesigned the Firebirds and the Camaros and made it a better handling car, a better driving car. They had the V8 engines, the 350, the 305, a V6, and the standard engine was a four-cylinder. Well, what these guys do is they say the 82 Pontiac Trans Am had aggressive looks, was part of the TV show Knight Rider, but didn't have the potential and had only 90 horsepower. These idiots were looking at the four-cylinder base model, not the Trans Am. 
the Trans Am was never available with the four-cylinder economy motor. And yes, the economy motor was a 90-horsepower Iron Duke based on the old Chevy 2 four-cylinder. Was that considered a muscle car? Never in anyone's imagination was that a muscle car. Now, they also pick on the 76 Camaro because of a 5-liter engine. Hmm, the 307. Wasn't the top engine. 350 was. But they say this was a poorly performing muscle car. Again, back to the pony car. Definition. Camaros are not muscle cars. 78 Mustang King Cobra. Now, for the time, it was. It's a Mustang. It's a pony car. It was a nice car. It did what was necessary and saved the Mustang brand. If you look at the sales history of the Mustangs, the Mustang 2s, they were quite good. They were appropriate for the time, and they kept the Mustang name alive. Read the history of the Mustang 2. But was it a muscle car? No. Did the Mustang King Cobra and Cobra 2 have more horsepower and performance than a standard Mustang? Yes. Was it a muscle car? No. It was never intended to be a muscle car. It was a pony car. All right. 1976 to 1980, Plymouth Valari Roadrunner. And again, they did not get the photo right. They showed an actual Roadrunner, the full-size satellite. And it's got a badge on the front that says 440. These guys don't even know what they're looking at. They're saying, here's another thing they say. If you look under the hood, it was sporting a 426 Hemi that had 160 horsepower. Wrong. Hemi wasn't available in 76 to 80. And even the worst Hemis of all time were never found in the Roadrunner. The 160 horse or less Hemis were back in the 50s, and that was high horsepower at the time. But in 1976 to 1980, there were no Hemis. The Volari Roadrunner and the Satellite Roadrunner don't even look alike. They didn't get this straight. So they're showing the wrong car, thinking it had a different engine, and complaining about it. Again, they bring up the Camaro, the 70 Camaro. And they're saying the 70 Camaro was somehow one of the worst muscle cars. Again, we go back to basics. It's not a muscle car. It's a pony car. And what they're looking at is the Z28 that had 360 horsepower out of a 350 cubic inch engine. And they're complaining this was not enough. Hmm. Okay. And here's the laughable one of the day. And there's still more to come, but this is just laughable. The 1978 AMC Gremlin GT. And what do they show? About a 76 Gremlin base model. A, Gremlins were never muscle cars. Never intended to be a muscle car. It was an economy car. It was always considered to be an economy car. The biggest engine the Gremlins ever got 
was a 304 from the factory. Now, there were some dealers putting the 401s in them, and they became pretty potent, but the Gremlin was never a muscle car. Never, in anyone's estimation. And what they do is they look at it and they say, well, the V8 had 120 horsepower. No, it didn't. The Gremlin is not a muscle car. Never was, never will be. 1980 to 85 Chevrolet Citation. Where are these guys getting this stuff from? The Citation was a front-wheel drive economy car that General Motors came out, and it was their mid-compact size range. They were powered by an initial four-cylinder engine and later the V6 2.8 liter. They had a sporty option, the Z11, but it was a sporty, compact coupe. It was never a muscle car. Not in anyone's wildest dreams. It was a front-wheel drive economy car. These guys need to grab their ears and pull hard because their head is so far up there. They got cranial rectal disease. 1980 Dodge Aspen RT. Ah, they at least got the right vehicle in it. And for the time, it was considered a muscle car. 318 cubic inch to 360 cubic inch engines. Yeah, the Slant 6 was the base engine. Was it a muscle car? For the time, yeah. Was it a worst muscle car? No. It was appropriate for the time. 1980 to 1981 DeLorean. Where are these guys getting this information from? The DeLorean was never, ever considered a muscle car. Yes, it was wimpy, power-wise. They had cut back on the engine because DeLorean didn't manufacture his own engine. The X-11, that's it. Thank you, Sam, on the citation. The DeLorean was never a muscle car. Yes, it was a kind of a GT car. It was a grand touring machine. It had the Volvo-inspired V6 that was shared with three other companies. It was low horsepower for even the time, but a muscle car? And they show the DeLorean that was used in the movie Back to the Future. Right. Okay, guys. Next up, 1977 Pontiac Trans Am. They don't seem to like the uh, Trans Am and the Camaros. The one they show is a Trans Am with a 455. If that was considered a muscle car, it could be because of the size of the engine. Horsepower, they're saying is 180. I don't believe it was 180 on the 455, but it's still a pony car, not a muscle car. Next up, oh gosh, they go back into a pony car. This time it's the 80 to 81 Mercury Capri Turbo. Turbo. And they're showing a 5 liter V8. Turbo was a four cylinder. Was it a muscle car? Again, it's a pony car. Not a muscle car. Before the time, it was a pretty potent machine. Just a little bit less horsepower than the V8 version. But. They're saying the Capri RS Turbo and then showing a V8. 
1980 Chevrolet Corvette, California edition. First off, Corvettes were never muscle cars either. They were sports cars. Yes, in California, the 305 was the V8 engine available with a four-speed. It was emissions. About 180 horsepower, nothing spectacular. They got that part right. But again, the Corvette's not a muscle car. So they haven't gotten one right. Well, they got one close to right yet. That was the Dodge Aspen. 71 to 75 Ford Maverick Grabber. All right, guys, I'm an expert on the Grabber. I had one for 10 years. The Grabber was a trim option. The Maverick was never a muscle car. At best, it could be a pony car with the dimensions it had. It was set on a Mustang chassis. The biggest engine the Maverick ever got from the factory was a 302 with 160 horsepower. Mine was a 256 with 150 horsepower. I can run with the 305s or the 302s. They had a little bit more torque and would pull away at the beginning. But in the quarter mile, and we ran them on the drag strip, I ran against one. I was only two-tenths of a second behind with the 10 extra horsepower that the Grabber with the V8 had. But the Grabber was never a muscle car. It was a trim option. It had a different hood. It had a different grill. It had some stripes. That's it. That's all the Grabber was, was a trim option, not a muscle car. I'd love to have another one, though. 1968 to 1970 Pontiac Tempest. It was a midsize car. It was not a muscle car. Good morning, Chris Costanza. Happy holidays to you. Hope to see you in 2021 as well at some of the races. But they're saying the Tempest. Now, the Tempest was the basis for the GTO. The Pontiac Tempest, Le Mans, was the midsize at this point in time. Pontiac. Now, they're saying 68 to 70, and again, they don't even get the picture right. They show a 66. Pontiac Tempest, Le Mans, with a 326. Hello, Robin. Good morning to you as well. The Tempest, not a muscle car, was not considered a muscle car, was a midsize car. You wanted the muscle car on the Pontiac line? You got the GTO. 1978 to 80, Oldsmobile 442. For the time, yes, I would say this was a muscle car. Did it have some horsepower? Yeah, not much, but it did. And the problem they've got is they use the definition of the original 442, which was 1964. 442, four-barrel, four-speed, dual exhaust. Well... This one is not that. It is the midsize car from late 70s. It's a neat-looking car. They show a W30. Okay, so they got the, uh, the performance options or trim options of the time. Muscle car, for the time, yes, it was. They're saying it had a 5-liter engine that produced 145 horsepower. Yeah, I don't think so. But, again, they haven't been right yet. Now, they're picking on the Mustang 2 again, and they're saying the, must, the Ford Mustang 2 Ghia. Again, this was not a muscle car. It was never intended to be a muscle car, and the Ghia was the high-line trim 
of the Mustang II era. Okay. 75 Chevrolet Corvette. All right. First off, Corvettes are not muscle cars. We already established that. Second, what the heck are they talking about? The 1975 Corvette, and they're showing a 1968 Corvette photograph. How do I know? Steel bumpers. 1975 Corvettes had the rubber baby buggy bumpers. These guys haven't got anything right yet. Except maybe the 442. 82 Camaro. They don't like them. We already established that. They're saying it's a poor muscle car. They said it took 20 seconds to go from 0 to 60. Yeah, if you got the base four-cylinder engine, and it was an economy car. It was a pony car. It was far from a muscle car. All right, now they're picking on the 1983 to 1970 or 1987 Dodge Charger. Now, the Charger at this point in time was a name associated with the Omni Horizon line, the Fastback. And the Shelby is what they're showing with a turbocharged four-cylinder. Now, I drove one of those cars and raced it, autocrossed it. That was a pretty potent machine for the time. It was an economy car with a Shelby-inspired turbo Mitsubishi motor under the hood. Good morning, funny car driver Mike Halstead. How are you doing this morning? But a muscle car? You're looking at a four-cylinder turbo car. This is a hot hatchback, and that's what it was back in the day. A hot hatch, a cool car, a great handling car. As a matter of fact, it would be on my list right now as a daily driver if I could find one in good condition. That's how much I love these cars. I got to drive one. Chrysler brought one out to an autocross I was driving in, and they gave us a chance to drive them. It would have run in the same class that I had just won with my Datsun 510, and I ran two seconds quicker with the Dodge front-wheel drive, and I'd never driven one before. And this had a turbocharged engine from Shelby. Now, this is the second-generation Shelby Charger. The first Shelby Charger that came out was carbureted. Still very potent. The turbocharged version was even more. As a matter of fact, they had a separate four-door version that goes like hell card, GLHS. They were powerful. I think about 225 horsepower, if I remember at the time, or 175 to 225, depending on the year it was built. Powerful for the time, exceptionally powerful. Low weight, excellent fuel mileage, over 30 miles per gallon, comfortable to drive, and the Shelby version... Man, that thing was cool. Monogram seats that had the Cobra or the Shelby logo in them. Special paint job. Special wheels. Front spoiler. Rear spoiler. It was a cool-looking car for the time. I got to drive the blue and silver, which is what they came out with first. Then they had the maroon and silver and the black and silver. Neat cars. They ran good. Shelby had a 142 or 175, depending on the version. See, I remember the 175, and then um, the turbo later on, I, I thought, had a little bit more. But, Sam, you are definitely the expert. You got the information right at your fingertips. Next up, the Grand Prix. Now, they're showing a Grand Prix from 1966. These were available with 421 cubic inch Super Duty motors as an option on the 2 Plus 2. 
what they're complaining about is that it only had 150 horsepower. Grand Prix in 1966 did not have 150 horsepower. Non-turbo was 110 cent. Yeah, but the non-turbo, uh, not the Shelby. The Shelby had a bigger engine than the uh, standard on the Horizons at the time. It had the 2.2, if I remember correctly. Pontiac Grand Prix. Never considered a muscle car. It was a personal luxury car. They had the 421s. They had a lot of horsepower. They never had 150 horsepower in 1966. It also had those cool eight-lug wheels. 2004-2005 Chevy Impala SS, and they're not even showing the right body style. Well, the Impala SS was considered a muscle car, depending on the year and the engines. Uh, the, the one they're showing right now is a front-wheel drive car. That's never been a muscle car. That was a trim option. Standard 2.2 .2 had 84 to 94. Shelby had 110. Okay. The Turbo had 142. The real Shelby, 175. That must have been what I drove, Sam, because that thing was potent. All right. Here's a car they're calling a muscle car, and the guys have no clue. They're showing a current, almost current, 2014 Buick Regal Sport Coupe, they're saying, and they're showing a four-door sedan, a front-wheel drive Regal. And they're complaining about the standard V6 that weren't very powerful. Well, if you got the GNX in the V6, it was a powerful, true muscle car. Well, what they're showing is a front-wheel drive Regal. It's not a muscle car. At best, it's a mid to lower high-level luxury car. But it's a Buick. And the demographics for Buick are still people 60 to 70 years old as buyers. Dodge Magnum Wagon. Now, it had a Hemi. I've got a friend that's got one that runs nine-second quarter-mile times. Muscle car? Yeah, 5.9-liter Hemi? It was good. They're complaining about it. It's a station wagon. Okay, so what? And here we go again with their bashing of AMC. They're showing the Hornet. The AMC Hornet, not even smart, well, at least a smart enough this time to not even mention a year. But again, they're complaining about the horsepower and quoting the horsepower of the six-cylinder Hornet. The Hornet was available with up to 401 cubic inches. And if you talk to the guys that raced the AMCs, they were pretty good quarter-mile cars back in the day in pro stock. Shirley Shahan ran an AMX in stock eliminator, did quite well. Not as good as she did with her Mopars, but she had fun. They're complaining about the Chevy SS Nova. Mm-hmm. They're saying the 1974 model, but they're showing a 1969 model. Interesting. And they're complaining about the horsepower. Well, they were available with 396 cubic inches. So if you look at the economy model with the six-cylinder or the base model 307 V8, yeah, they were down on horsepower. Nova, muscle car? Yeah, to an extent when you got the big engine. 
This one's got the tags for the 350 on the side, and it's an SS. They were pretty potent. 295 horsepower, 350s, not bad. But, uh, oh, well, what can you do? These guys have no clue. And here we go with the continuing of They Have No Clue. They're talking about the 1978-83 Dodge Challenger, which was the Mitsubishi. And they're showing the picture of an early Dodge Challenger that had a 440 six-pack. Okay, not much to discuss there. They don't know what they're looking at. Now they're complaining about the Mercury Cougar XR7. 429 cubic inches. Somehow, I think that would be a great, powerful pony car. It's not a muscle car. Now they're complaining about the Mustang Fox body that came out and paced the Indy 500. They're showing a pace car version. They're complaining the 5-liter V8 only had 140 horsepower. They're also not remembering that it's not a muscle car. But for the time, pretty potent and fun car. 2006 to 2010 Dodge Charger SE. Well, had a Hemi. For the time, had some good horsepower. Still has some good horsepower. It's a four-door. I guess you could call it a muscle car. Now they're complaining. We're still going at this. We're going to cut it off in just a moment. The Chevy Monza. Chevy Monza was not a muscle car. It was sold in the mid-70s to 80s. It was an economy car. It was a compact hatchback. It was based on the Vega chassis. It had a V8 engine option, but that engine option was only 262 cubic inches. They didn't even get the bigger, more powerful engines. They put a V8 in it to say they had a V8. So, was it a muscle car? No, it was never designed to be one. But, uh, okay. Now they're complaining about the Mustang still, 96 to 98 model, which were pretty potent cars. But again, it's a pony car, not a muscle car. They're still complaining about Mustangs in 2010. But, guys, this was one of the best-performing Mustangs around, or cars even, at the time. And Merry Christmas, Joseph, to you too. And then they go into Pintos. Pinto was never a muscle car, was never designed to be a muscle car, was never ever in any way, shape, or form considered to be a muscle car. It was an economy car, plain and simple. Pontiac Ventura, which was the GTO of the seven, late 70s. Basically a Nova. 350 cubic inches. Pretty potent for the time. You got a couple that come out to the drags. They run pretty good. Again, they're picking on the Monza, and this time they pick on the Monza Mirage. Well, the Mirage was a trim option. It had what looked like blister flares and had some striping, a front spoiler. You could get the V8 engine in it. It was supposed to kind of imitate the racing Monza Mirages that were dominating in road racing. And it's one of the cards I wouldn't mind having, too, especially with a four-speed, because they were fun to toss around. They're complaining about the Camaro. Now, this time, at least, they bring up the 82 Camaro again. 
So it's the second time in the same article. And this time, they're complaining about the Iron Duke four-cylinder, which they already complained about, but they're showing a picture of an IROC Z. The IROC Z had 350 cubic inches, or 305, fuel injection, and was pretty good for the time. But again, it's still a pony car. But if you're going to complain about the Iron Duke as a muscle car, you're way off. It was never, ever considered a muscle. It was an economy car. It was to get corporate mileage up with a four-cylinder engine. They're complaining about the Mustang again. They keep going back and forth on Mustangs and Camaros and now Capris as well. So all right, we're going to call it breakforit.com. Ignore it. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no clue. They don't even list the writer of this article. That's how bad they are as far as understanding what it is they're even talking about. You want the straight information. You want information about the cars. Sam Fiorini, he's the guy to go to. Or listen to me. And if I say something wrong, Sam's going to come back in and he's going to correct me. And I love it because he's got all the right information that I misquote. He's my fact checker, I guess you could say. All right, I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a gasaholic. We're coming up on the holidays, and I hope you have happy and healthy holidays coming your way. I'm Hot Rod Bob. You've got gas, the morning edition, brought to you by Service Tech Equipment. Sam, you have a great day. Steve Gelman, have a wonderful day as well, and take care.